Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Stupidity, home of the greatest media mind ever to walk the planet. I tell you what, man, he's a literal titan across the entire media landscape. Okay, so here's the deal. He's a true icon in every sense of the word. He's loved and feared more than any being to grace this planet. There's two guys, is it? Hey, a man with a voice that sounds like Barry White and Beyonce had a Jewish baby. God himself would pay $39.99 for a cameo. Fact of the matter is, you are about to embark on a transcendent experience that can only be described as psychological nudity. This is Stu Gatz, and this is stupidity. Here we go, Jim. Tony! Welcome into another episode of Stupidity, the biggest podcast in the world, thanks to you. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review. By doing that, you have made us the number one podcast in the world. We are presented by DraftKings. Yes, Mike? No, I was just saying number one. We're number one. Uh, <laughs> that's what it was. Would you prefer you that? We're me. number one? I was on the roll. You put, you put your middle finger up. I mean, what the fuck is going on here? Welcome into another episode of Stupidity. Keep it all in. Welcome into another episode of Stupidity, the biggest podcast in the world, thanks to you. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Unsubscribe, resubscribe, re rate, re review. By doing that, you have made us the biggest podcast in the world. We have Tom Allen coming on. I thought it was the British comedian. <laughs> yeah, this absolutely cannot be glossed over, okay? Because Tom Allen appeared on our calendar, and I had nothing to do with booking it. And all of a sudden, I'm like, hey, we have the Indiana coach. And you're like, who? I said, Tom Allen. You said, isn't he a British comedian? And I said, I'm pretty sure we have the Indiana football coach. And you go, I am going to make fun of you so hard when it's not, when it's the British yeah. comedian. And it turns out we got the Indiana head coach. Yeah, but it also turns out I know nothing. And he's the Big Ten coach of the year, by the way. The reigning Big Ten coach of the year. But here's the problem. I know nothing about Indiana football. I mean, so I prepared an interview for a comedian. <laughs> Should we ask him to do jokes? <laughs> In an accent? Wait, Mike, have you seen Tom Allen? I, I don't know Tom. I've never spoken to him. Have you seen him? We're talking about the coach, not the comedian? Yes, the coach. Yes, I've seen it. Like, I watched. Right. I watched a few Indiana games last year when they were good. All right. Does anything about him say uh, stand up? I mean, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. 
So what are we going to do? Because I have questions prepared for a comedian who's not coming on. I know nothing about Indiana football, and the coach could have joined us in like in a minute. So what do we do here? I mean, I'm terrified. This is what we usually had Gojo around for. I mean, I mean. <laughs> hold on, hold on. What if I got his father? What if I got Golic Senior? Go so. Go so. What if I get go so? I bet you. I'll bet you he wouldn't confuse him a with a with an English comedian, and b he would have questions. All right, but Mike, you're acting. Listen, you're acting. It's a great idea by you, but you're acting like Mike Golick Senior in retirement is just sitting around waiting. For I'm texting him. Hold on. All right, hold on. Let me text him. He's in. <laughs> Send me the link. No work. no work for me. No comedian for you. Stupidity. <laughs> Stu Gouts here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice-cold Miller Lights. Always have, always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash stew, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. Hi, Stu. What's up? Mike, I mean, this is the dream come true. It's like you have someone else do, someone who's more credible, by the way, doing your work for you. You don't get paid, I do, and the, and my name is on the entire vehicle. I mean, this is, yeah. <laughs> my dreams come Working true. Working well for you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, great for you. Coach, that's the dream, right? Have other people do your work for you, right? There you go. So, so because I'm doing the work, I'm starting this because I'm starting so far away from football, Coach, just because I, I, I've known this about you. And, you know, we sit there and talk about football all the time, even with Stu. But Stu was a lacrosse player. I was a high school and college wrestler. And so were you. That's right. So <laughs> let, let's start there, you know, about your wrestling career and just how that went and, and just how much it, you think it helps football. Well, I tell you what, I think it's huge. You know, I love recruiting uh, high school wrestlers uh, and this whole process of I find out a kid's uh, as a wrestler, his, his stock immediately goes up in my mind uh, because of toughness and mindset. And uh, obviously on the line of scrimmage, it's about leverage, uh, but it's so much bigger than that. To me, I just know to wrestle in high school and college, as I did both, as you mentioned, you did, there's a mental toughness, there's a physical toughness that it takes that that people that don't that have never done that don't really understand that. I was blessed to wrestle for Ben Peterson, who was an Olympic gold silver medalist and and was around that whole world of guys and working at summer camps and and being around Dan Gable and that whole crew of influence. And it's just uh, I'm telling you, those guys are wired different now. And uh, it's the work ethic and just the, the tenacity, the grit, the fight. It's just different. And it's the sport demands it. And it's one on one and there's no place to run, no place to hide. Where, what, what weight did you wrestle? I wrestled 190 in college, and I played football at 215. I had to cut 25 pounds every year. 
And that was uh, that was probably the least favorite part of my, Listen, of my wrestling career. I, I always had the best of both worlds because I loved wrestling as much as football easily. And in high school, I was a heavyweight. And at Notre Dame, I was a heavyweight. <laughs> so I always knew you guys cutting weight had the big eyes. It would bring too much food in oh, after yeah. weighing. And I would just eat all the food because <laughs> you guys couldn't eat it all. <laughs> no doubt. But I always had so much respect for you guys that have to cut the way you do. Yeah. Uh, but you, I don't know if, you, if you've been watching the Olympic wrestling or you're staying up and wrestling. I do a lot. Guys are starting to wrestle up now because they're finding out it's better and healthier for their bodies instead of cutting weight that could be so detrimental. They're actually going up in a weight class. There's something. no doubt. And it makes a lot of sense. And, and uh, being around the sport, I was actually a high school wrestling coach as well in the first five years I was coaching. And so um, yeah, I get that part, you know, um, for me though, they didn't have 215 back then or 220. Yeah, so yeah. It was either 190 or heavyweight. So yeah. I, chose, <laughs> I chose to go to 190. That's a good move. Mikey, a, good move, Mikey a, look at this. A couple of wrestlers cutting it up. I mean, how about that? Uh, Wait, can someone explain to me, uh, was it Gabby Stevenson? Who was it? Can someone explain to me how that wrestler they, won the gold? First, it's not Gabby. Second, it's not Stevenson. It's Gable, right. who is named after Dan Gable. Thank you. And Good. Nailed it. Stevenson. And he basically was down. He was down three with 17 seconds ago. And he got a takedown, let the guy up, got yeah. another takedown as time ran out and won by a point. I don't know, Coach, if you saw any of the Olympic wrestling. Yeah. I know I'm sure you've been pretty busy. But, boy, he had a match. Taylor, who was a, a couple of weight classes below, had a takedown with a few seconds ago to win the gold. I mean, Man, I, I know where we wrestled, Coach, you and I, but imagine doing that for an Olympic gold hitting a That's last awesome. second. You know, take. matter of fact, Coach Peterson, my college coach, he texted me about that very match. I hadn't seen it yet because of being in fall camp, but, but he was so excited about the way that finished, and obviously he follows it very closely, so yeah, pretty, pretty awesome. Mike Golick, this is the coach's voice in August. Can you imagine what it's going to sound like in October? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Holy four shit. days in, it's already shot. Well, since all the players can get NIL deals, you should be getting a throat lozenge That's deal. Right. No doubt. <laughs> Mikey, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I just want you guys to know that he's texting me, what did Gabby Stevenson do to win? And here I am trying to Google, what Gabby Stevenson, what is this? And I'm trying to figure it out so I can give him, so I can produce him. I don't even know who he's talking about. That's <laughs> all right. He doesn't know what he's talking about, so we're okay. I just don't know how, whoever it was, how they won a gold medal, Mike. I needed someone to explain it to me oh, because and, it was exciting, then, but I have no idea yeah. what I was watching. And then, and then, how about a 260 pounds doing a, a cartwheel to a, a backflip? I mean, to for your celebration, absolutely incredible. I don't know, coach, if anybody on a, maybe a wide receiver after a touchdown trying to backflip, though. I think at college, you still get a flag for that, don't you? You do, and it's not any lineman doing it. That's for sure. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is coach, so true. My Mike brought up the, uh, you know, the ability for kids to earn money now off their name and likeness. How do you feel about that? When that came down, how'd you feel about that? Well, you know, obviously it, it created a lot of question marks. I mean, I, I'm, I'm all for our guys being able to maximize that opportunity. Um, I, I just think we as coaches just like, hey, where's, where's the parameters? Where does it start? Where does it stop? Where does it go? And, and uh, that's always a big question. But at the same time, you know, we're kind of all working our way through it and and I'm just all about the guys being able to still make it about the team. That, to me, is the key. And that's what we're never going to get away from. I just want to make sure our guys understand that. And that's the culture we build here. That's what LEO is all about is, is making the ball about we, the me, and 
and that won't change with NIL, and we've addressed that with our team. And, and as the team does well, the individual will get recognized. It's no different in that area. You know, it's and 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 that's that should be the way it is. But and the only way I can term it is in the X's and O's of an NIL. I still don't think we know all the rules, and I still think the best thing that happened because it was going to happen is that it started in the summer, so a lot of this stuff can get worked out before the season starts. And I don't know how much you guys can get involved, but can you know within any of the deals that they sign how much or if it's going to interrupt? their preparation from meetings to study halls. I mean, how much are you guys allowed to, or the school for that matter, allowed to know what these deals are? Well, the, the, the exact terminology is we're allowed to educate and not facilitate. And so we don't want to come in between. So we're not really involved in any of those deals for sure. Uh, but we want them to get, you know, we want them to use our compliance and, and we've hired a company to, to help our guys to, to help them maximize it and not get taken advantage of as well at the same time. Because this is new new territory for guys and it's really kind of shoving them into some areas of, of adulthood, you know, of taxes and responsibilities and contracts and all those different things. And, and we want to help our guys make good decisions as well. So, but yeah, that's the key word is educate them and, and not not be the guy that's setting up deals for them as, as a university even not even just the coaches but and that's not the world I want to be in I don't want to be setting up guys deals and, but at the same time though you, you hit on the head you still got responsibilities here so you can't be hey coach I got I'm not gonna be able to make practice today I gotta go I gotta do some interviews <laughs> I gotta, uh, shoot got an appearance at the car dealership you know, so, yeah <laughs> that ain't gonna work you know so but, uh, that's part of being a pro you know you're gonna have that when they they get their chance to play in the NFL one day it's gonna be the exact same thing but but I think there's a key point here so and we are we brought some guys in to talk to them and hired a company and so we talked about the fact that only 15 percent of NFL players have have endorsements right and so it's not like it's everybody and so it's a whole different world now but there's going to be a few guys who'll probably have those opportunities uh but as a collective group you know there's going to be some smaller opportunities for, for, the, for the whole group so i think once it kind of flushes out and they kind of get a chance to figure it all out it, it'll kind of smooth over a little bit but right now there is you're right you're mike there's a lot of questions not a lot of answers on some of these things no one really knows how it's all going to kind of level out, but it's, it's part of it. It's not going to go back. Uh, I don't want you to get into this yeah. world. You know, it's not going to change. So we want to embrace it. We want to help our guys be successful with it. Mike, yeah, how mean, many they're, endorsements they're, would you have had when you played at Notre Dame? How many endorsements, Mike? <laughs> Noel, I, I think because we had the kind of the family legacy there, it, it certainly, I hope, you know, my senior year when I was 21, it would have been a bar, but uh, I don't know if that would be allowed, quite honestly. And I heard, I, I just talked with, um, coach with John Calipari yesterday. And, and he said, he told his players that no matter what you do off in the social media, you're, if you're going to hit something, you're going to make it because of what you do in between the lines. And I would imagine that's got to be the same thing, you know, from the football side of it, it's going to be based off a lot of it, how you're playing. So let's not forget that part of the equation, the actual playing on the football field. There's no question. And that's really kind of what I was addressing when I talk about, you know, as the team does well. So you, you make this about yourself in any area of a team sport. The team's not going to do well, and neither will you. So to me, it's about this team and, and what we do together. And when you and when we do well, then you will get recognized and when you'll have opportunities. But it is, it's market-driven. So they want to put somebody out there. It's going to be the guys making plays, you know. So you're not making plays. Nobody's going to want you to do advertising. Coach, you don't need to address what I'm about to say. But, Mike, John Calipari has been paying his players for years. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, don't, re- Coach, don't even, I'm not even a reaction. Coach, not going to say a word. Good for him. Anyway. Do not, yes, do not react I pretend- to that. 
<laughs> I protected you on the front end. Uh, Coach, I'm wondering here how you feel about schools, well, Texas and Oklahoma, moving from the Big 12 and moving over to the SEC. How'd you feel about that? Well, I, I was shocked, to be honest with you. It kind of caught me off guard. You know, um, obviously now that's kind of, when it first came out, I really thought it was something that would be, hey, that was just of a false you know, a set of information put out for everybody to, to digest. But I get, you know, it's obviously not. It's very true. Um, and now that that's kind of out there, I, I do predict, you know, more changes. You know, I just think it's inevitable. Uh, I don't know what those are going to be, but uh, there's without question. I, so the, to answer your question, I was very surprised by the initial news. And then, uh, you know, but it's it's kind of seems to be the direction we're going now. And, and uh, uh, the reality is a lot of stuff is driven by, you know, you know, resources and TV contracts, and all those different things. And that's that's part of uh, what drives some of these things. So that's, you know, and I, I'm a traditional guy. You know, I love the, the, the traditional rivalries that you have within the conferences. You know, I still. I was raised in the Big Ten when there was 10, 10 teams in the Big Ten, you know, and all the different conferences as they used to be. And and they were more regionally driven. So I don't want to act like I don't understand the future and what's happening, but I, I like those. So I hate to see some of those things you know, change and go away, but uh, there's no doubt change is coming. Well, see, and, and I think what you said there, and, and, I, and, and maybe age gave me this wisdom, quote unquote, is instead of saying, oh, NIL, it's going to cause this bad, or oh, you know, conference realignment is going to be this bad. It's going to happen. Yeah. So instead of us complaining about it, it's okay, how do we make it work best? And along those lines, because you're right, it's not over. It's going to keep happening in your conference at some point may be involved in it. Do you think you guys as coaches will be talked to by A, your ADs, or B, the commissioner of your conference about what you think? Or do you think it's all just going to be made decisions made over your head and you just guys have got to follow along? Well, that's a loaded question a little bit. I, I think <laughs> I don't expect – we may have conversations. I'm not sure how much – our input is going to weigh very heavy in those, the, the, the reality of what happens. Um, I don't know that the coaches at the other two schools we just mentioned were a part of that discussion. I don't know that. I can't say either way. We've not had those discussions yet as coaches in the Big Ten uh, or with our collective group. Have I talked to our IAD about it? Yes. Uh, but at the same time, really more as a reaction to what happened with Texas and Oklahoma. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about it, I would imagine. But, yeah, these things I think are happening at a bigger level, and, and uh, that's what's driving all this. And, uh, I, and I'm with you, Mike. I, I'm one of those, hey, I don't have to like it. I don't have to agree with it. But, hey, this is reality. We're going to react. We're going to make the best of it, and we're going to be in the front of it and make it positive. All right, so, Stu, this is basically the, the comparison I'll make. It would be when I'm at Notre Dame as a player, me going in and telling the D coordinator to change the game plan. That I'll have – the coaches, the coach will have the same effect as I would have. Basically, <laughs> nothing. The decision will be made. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much you have it. no say, Mike. Right. <laughs> Wait, Coach. So I'm wondering. I'm going to do some fill in the blank here with you, okay? Um, because I have a very good relationship with Stan Van Gundy, and he's always telling me how miserable coaching is, okay? And so, and just be, he's missed so many things. And so, I'm wondering. The last time Tom Davis saw a movie was blank. Or Tom Allen. Tom Allen, you mean? I'm Tom Allen, I'm sorry. Yes, I, I can't get a name right today. Uh, Gabby Stevenson. You mean at Jesus a movie Christ. theater? Yes, yeah. at a movie theater. The last time you went to a theater and you saw a movie. I can't even remember. <laughs> of course you can't. <laughs> <laughs> What's the last movie you've seen, period? Oh, gosh. Um, 
one of the Avengers ones. I don't even remember the name of it. It just it pops up. <laughs> there you go. What, what's, the la- what's the last concert you attended? Oh, no. We're talking forever. I'm not a concert guy, but it's been 20 years. All right. Well, what was that last concert? Do you remember? Yeah, it was Chris Tomlin. You probably never heard of him. Chris? But, uh, he's, no. uh, he's, a, he's a contemporary I, Christian guy, though, but he's, uh, oh. he's really good. Though. Look him up. Awesome music. Wow. Have you ever been to like a rock and roll concert? Have you ever been oh, to like? I'm not a rock and roll guy. I'm not. So <laughs> okay, uh, a little bit of might be the closest to that. Oh, there you go. That's good. Nice. Old school now. Yeah. Right, give, give us a skill that you have that would surprise most people that you have it. Give us a skill. A skill. Well, let me tell you this. So my dad was my high school football coach, but he was also a licensed contractor in the summertime, and his dad was a was a, a carpenter. So we, we did that work when I was throughout high school and college. So I could, I could tear your, house, your roof off your house and re-roof your house. I could probably do a little, uh, uh, I could build a garage for you. I don't think I could build the whole house, but I could do those kinds of things. So we painted, we did everything. And, and uh, so I, I've got those in my back pocket. Don't use them very often. <laughs> That's good, though. Yeah, but Golik, I feel like you could do the same, no? No, listen, j- just how he talked about what his dad did, my father, after his football career, my dad was a bricklayer. So starting at 12 years old, I would work side jobs with him, and I'd be swinging a sledge, oh, yeah. breaking steps, breaking down chimneys, building the scaffolding. I-, I did a lot of the grunt work, but there's no doubt. Man, he paid like 10 bucks an hour cash, you know, back in the <laughs> back in the in the in the 70s. So I was pretty happy about I that. To say that. So my dad, he he laid bricks too. I never did the brick, <laughs> but I did all the mortar. Mixed it all, had to carry it all, and I did all just like you. I was the grunt work guy, so no, no doubt. The, the 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 worst thing is when I was mixing the mortar, and my dad would come by and he'd just look at it, he'd move it around and go too soupy, and I'd be off. Mikey, hey, they're talking a fucking foreign language to us. Called <laughs> <laughs> manual labor. <laughs> Oh, my God. Coach, you have an irrational yeah. fear? I'm afraid of frogs. I called the cops once on a frog. Do you have an irrational fear? Oh, irrational? Uh, yeah. No, I mean, you know, as it's, it's crazy as my sound, I'm not a big, I'm not real fond of the dark now. I'm not, I think it's because my brother and older sister used to scare me so much when I was a kid that they, like, built in this fear of, you know, they would, like, being left in the dark. And, yeah, I, I, even now, when the basement's dark, I kind of scurry up with a little more tempo. When I was a kid, I would sprint up the stairs to get out of the door. <laughs> I love that. All right, Mike, I think you'll like this one. You can partake with Coach here, okay? Yeah. One meal, okay? Your final meal, Coach, you're going with what? Oh, steak, without question. Steak. Really? Um, Any particular cut? It was medium rare. Um, broccoli and a Mountain Dew. Oh, wow, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> what kind I, of steak? Like, what cut? Is it a filet? Is it a porterhouse? Is it a shrimp? No, I, I, I'm a, I'm more of a ribeye guy. I was going to say you look like a ribeye coach. Yeah, I'm a ribeye. <laughs> I, I would be I would be a ribeye. And so do you, Mike. <laughs> I, I would uh, I'd be almost the same thing, except I wouldn't have any green on my plate. There'd be no vegetables uh, unless you consider mashed potatoes, lathered in butter, vegetable, and then I'd have make sure I had like a chocolate cake or something too. Oh, man. Mike, you're my kind of guy, man. There's no doubt. <laughs> coach, how unexpected. Uh, yeah, how unexpected was last year's success for you and your team? Um, it kind of came out of nowhere for a lot of people. Although, if you look back two years ago, I think some people saw it coming. So how surprising was it to you? I'm telling you, we were not surprised. I wasn't. I know, I mean, obviously, you beat the teams we beat, but we've been real close uh, with a lot of those teams. Um, 
and we've been building this thing step by step, year by year. It wasn't, uh, you know, it's been a uh, continuous process. I believed in this team. I believe it could be special last year. Obviously, COVID threw a wrench into everything, and so I wasn't really sure how they're going to respond to all that with the preparation process. But at the same time, uh, I was not surprised, and I expected our guys to be in those positions. Now, we had to execute them. We obviously won some some close games and won some big games. But, uh, you know, it's been uh, a, a very deliberate build here, and we just continue to build. You know, along those lines, you know, you look at improvement and you're right because you go two, five and seven to then an eight and a five. So you saw it kind of come and then you start out with that game against Penn State, which was unbelievable. If NIL was last year, Penix would have got a deal right after that game, after the two point oh, yeah. conversion and finishing no with doubt. seven completion straight. It was great. H- how do you like judge progress? I was looking at the, the, the years you've been head coach. And each of those years, you lost to Ohio State by at least 14, and in some cases, a lot more than that. And then last year, it was that, you know, one touchdown game. Is that an indicator or is that an outlier? Is that not something to look at as far as progress against the same team over a number of years? Well, I think it is, you know, and because you obviously got a, a similar comparison, a consistent comparison, I guess, to, to put it. And you know each other pretty well. And, and we played them, you know, and the history had been we played them well for – two quarters, three quarters, and then right. the fourth quarter was where their depth and their talent and everything just took over. So the 2019 season was really, if you look at the whole big picture, that was the one year where they kind of got after us. And it was early and often, and, and they, they, they did. They, and so, but if the rest of them was not like that. And so, but then you take about you know, the other teams on our schedule, and you can kind of see some similar growth uh, to, to know that. And that's why I say if you talk to the coaches, you know, they would tell you, you know, they, they, a lot of those guys had saw – the growth as well. And it wasn't like it just, like I said, just happened out of nowhere. And it was all three phases, offense, defense, and special teams. If you think about it in the past, Indiana has been known for their offense. And, and when I got here, we were one of the top offenses in the big 10, but our defense was one of the worst in the big 10. And so, yep. and special teams was, was, I think very inconsistent would be the best way to describe it. And so to me, really focus on those other two areas and then continue to be able to play high level offense has been the key. So it's just being creating a well rounded football team that's got strength and has talent and has ability to make plays in all three phases. By the way, you were the one that changed that defense when you got there in 16 as a D coordinator and got them to, to, to incredible improvement. Has your recruiting, forgetting COVID, when, when just how you recruit a player, has it changed from your first year being a head coach there with, with the, the, the losing record that went to where you are now on how you're selling the program to the to potential players? Well, the, the message has been consistent. The cultural component has not changed. Uh, what we're looking for in terms of fit has not changed. But here's the part that's changed. And when we first were here, it was about what we believe we were going to do. And now we're saying this is what we've done. And that's where the, the power has become even exponentially greater because it's we now have video evidence. We now have things that we've done together as a team. And even those, those, those close losses have become some close wins. And it's been, you know, like I said, the 2019 season really was the catalyst for that. Those close road losses we had been experiencing, we were able to overcome those and find ways to finish out those games. And so, but, but to me, the, the fit, who we are, that's not changed and that's not going to change. Coach, I'm wondering because it's such a tricky time for for coaches, for athletes, for for everyone, really, with this pandemic. And so uh, I'm wondering, do you have kids who have not been vaccinated yet? And if so, uh, what do you say to those kids? We're close to 95 percent that are. 
which is uh, a strong number and something we've pushed hard for. But at the same time, I, I want them that it's their decision. You know, we're not mandating it. We're educating as much as possible to try to make sure they understand, you know, the, the, the pros and the cons to the whole situation on both sides. And, and the, those that choose not to, uh, they just got to understand what they need to do. Uh, to be able to to allow themselves because as I even just shared just recently with our guys, it's about protecting this football team and keeping this team healthy and allowing us to be able to do what we work so hard to do to get to this point. And so it's to me it's about those guys that put themselves in it. that's a decision that they have that they've made either direction. And then even even the guys that you know have been vaccinated, we we also learned here but you still have to be careful. I mean you're nobody's immune to this. And so you can't get it again or you can get it after you got vaccinated. So uh, that to me is just con- is continuous education. We talk about it all the time, but yeah, it's something that we've obviously encouraged, uh, but at the same time that they have to make their own decision. Yeah, boy, it's still kind of a hold your breath, cross your fingers thing going into the season. Let's hope it's all back to normal. I have one last question for me, coach. Is Indiana now a football school? You know what? We're both. And, and you know, I'm born and raised in the state and I love basketball <laughs> and I want us to win our sixth <laughs> national championship at Indiana. And so you know, I'm from Newcastle and that's as, about as basketball as it gets, you know, in this state, you know, so, which is awesome. And so uh, I want us to be both and I want us to be able to be great in both. That's why I came here with that vision. And uh, as the head coach here, that's why I want us to be. Coach, you should have said just a football school. Like if, if Mike had asked Bobby Knight that a while back, he would have said, <laughs> fuck football. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Coach, wow. good luck. Congratulations on a great year last year, and, uh, and yep. thank you for doing this. You've been great, and uh, and good luck this year. You're navigating through some tricky times, but uh, you seem to have it going in the right direction. So uh, we're rooting for you, and good luck. Appreciate that, Stu. Thanks, Mike. All right. Thanks, Thanks Coach. Sorry, sorry for getting your name wrong. It's such a difficult name to get right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Hey, no problem. Have a great, great day. <laughs> thank, thank you, Coach. coach. Stupidity! <laughs> oh, my gosh. Folks, gather around. Everyone, gather around. Listen to these words. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers, listen to me. You bet just 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DAN. That's code DAN for new customers. And you get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. That's insane. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. <laughs> Stu, you asked me. You asked me about NIL at Notre Dame, and I, what about you? What about a lax NIL? What would you? What What could you have sold for your school? Wow. So, Mike, it's Weed. tricky because, yeah, yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Um, Stu Potts. Someone get on that. All right, it's a good idea. Stu Potts is a good idea. Uh, Mike, it, it's funny because for lacrosse, I think you and I have discussed this off air before. Going to college and playing college across is the pinnacle of that sport. It's like it's it's like the professional leagues of that sport. They'll never play at a higher level again. But I played D three, so I'm not certain how much money would have been out there for a D three lacrosse player. Although 
I was pretty good. I, I'm kind of more focused on how it's going to impact my daughter and and what she right. cause she's she's playing Northwestern Division mm-hmm. well, One, I mean, and that makes her like well, one of the top 100 players that are sport in the country. You know, well, w- which is amazing now. So to not only ask how good a player is, but what's their social media account like? It's unbelievable, yes. right? I mean, what's their TikTok, Instagram, Twitter followers? I mean, it's it's unbelievable. So I, I, I'm blown away by all that. Yeah, and suddenly my daughter has a great interest in my social media following and everything oh, I that bet. I do for her. Yes, yes, because she sees money, Mike. I mean, well, she's saying, Dad, can you like my tweet? Or, you know, absolutely right. That's what a father's got to do for a kid. No doubt about well, it. I, I have to do, is that really? Is that where we're at? We've arrived in 2012. I have to do TikToks yes. for my kid. <laughs> like yes, a, you do. It's exactly okay. what you have to do. I guess I'll be doing them. <laughs> Mike, how do you feel about, I, I'm interested here because uh, I thought his comments on on uh, realignment with Texas and, and Oklahoma is super, super fascinating. Where you have these two teams in the Big 12. They What they're telling you, Mike, is they'd rather not dominate the Big 12 and go to the SEC, which I find, to me, fascinating because Oklahoma had basically an automatic bid into the college football playoff every year. Well, they did. The only problem is there were times when that conference didn't get anybody. In. And that that would be a fear. Now, it wouldn't be a fear if once they go to 12 teams that it's an automatic bid for that, for that conference champ. But compare that to the fact that the amount that the SEC would be able to get in a 12-team conference because you have, obviously, the automatics. And then you're going to have six at large, which a couple of them could end up being SEC yeah. teams. So, but we know it's a money play. Listen, we already heard numbers like in the Big 12, every team as part of the split was getting 24 million. When Texas and OU leave, each of the teams will end up getting 14 million. So each team's taking a $10 million hit. Well, that's not going to fly. They're going to have to jump with another conference. Is it the Pac 12? Is it the AAC? Who does the Big Ten join? Does the ACC and the SEC get together? And, and I meant what I said to Coach is early on in my career in this business, I, I probably would have been yelling and screaming, can't do it for this reason. Or that. But now it's like there's no sense in me wasting my breath on it. It's happening. So let's figure out a way to have it work best for everybody, which is going to be a stretch. NIL is still going to go through major bumps because we haven't even started the season yet. And then the realignment, who's going to take who? Who's going to want to be where? You know, so, and, and how is it going to end up? And it, remember, this all has to end up that way by 2025 because that's the next TV deal. And re- imagine if you have these super conferences, what they're going to be asking from their TV partners. It's going to be unbelievable the money that's going to be out there. Where does Notre Dame go in all this? <clears throat> well, that's Notre Dame, here's the thing about it. In, in, in all honesty, if it goes to a 12-team playoff, there I don't see I don't see how Notre Dame joins a conference. They have an easier way to get in now. Now they don't have to make the top four. They're just going to make the top 12, and really, in essence, the top eight because they'll never be a one through four seed because that goes to the top four conference champs. And since they won't be in a conference, they can the highest they can be is five, but they can be five through 12. So they have eight spots that they can grab. It'll actually be easier for them to make the top 12 than the top four. So again, unless monetarily, it would be so much more money to be in a conference. But remember, more teams in a super conference means more teams you're splitting money with. Notre Dame is an independent. Guess who gets the money? Notre Dame. So I think quite honestly, if it, if it goes to 12, it might even be more of a lock reason for Notre Dame to be staying independent. 
but would you want Notre Dame to have a chance at getting one of those top four seeds? I mean, the games could be easier. No, gives a better chance. You're in the playoffs. You got a chance for the title. Let, let me put it this way. But Mike, if, if you're one, is, you're playing. Tw- Mike, if you're one, you're playing twelve. I mean, if the money is so much better, being independent, that's the trade-off. Is the trade-off to be a one through four and get maybe that easier game, as a, and being in a conference and the money split as opposed to being five through twelve, playing in games, making money, and the amount more money that you're going to make. Because, and, and I don't want to hear from you Notre Dame haters out there, oh, you're going for the money. Everybody's going for money. That's why all this shit is happening. That's why NIL is there. The players are getting money. That's why Texas and Oklahoma left. They left for money. That's why Maryland left, you know, when they left to go to the base. It, it's for money. This whole thing is for money. So save me with your elitist Notre Dame people just looking for money. Yeah, no shit. Welcome to the real world. I, I understand no, Notre Dame's draw. I understand all that. But will the money still be there if – if these super conferences are out there to be had, I mean, will, question. Uh, will NBC want, I'd rather have this super SEC deal than Notre Dame? Well, then they'd have to pay a hell of a lot more money for an SEC de- deal than Notre Dame. ESPN already By did, Mike. Lot. ESPN already did. <laughs> no, it's exactly right. So yes, I don't even yes. think NBC could could jump into that now. But but Mikey, hey, that, that's the answer right there. And, and that's always been the answer. If it makes more sense for Notre Dame to be in a conference. And by the way, if they do have to be in a conference, they'll be in the ACC because they're not going to pay a $50 million uh, penalty to go to a different conference. If it makes monetary sense for them to go into a conference, they will. They they will. And I'm not going to say no problem because they've been used to this, um, but that will be the deciding factor. Once that scale tips to that side, they'll go. If it doesn't tip, they're going to do what every other team would do if they were in Notre Dame's position. Stay independent, take the money. So if they go to the ACC and then the ACC joins with the SEC, you could have Notre Dame in the SEC. Yep. Oh, yeah. Absolutely give, right. Give and, it to me. Put it in ACC. my veins. Well, well, the smartest thing right now is for conferences to be on the phone with other conferences trying to trying to put the pieces together on what the best matchups would be. And I don't know what they would be, but that's what people need to get ahead of the game. Uh, listen, Texas and Oklahoma weren't the first teams to move conferences, but they're the latest two and the biggest that is now going to start the avalanche that's going to happen. So I got to believe the phone calls that are being made by not only the power five other ones, you know, well, SEC is not calling anybody, um, but but also the group of fives. You know, who could we pair with in the power five possibly? So that, that, that's us all got to be going on because it's all got to be done by 2025. Meanwhile, Clemson's saying, hey, we're fine over here. You guys got to find it out. We'll play the ACC. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, well, I mean, so I, it's, listen, Stu, you're, you're, you're not as old as me, uh, obviously, but I mean, and you heard Coach Allen, you know, talk about being old school. So of what you want and what you see, do you have a problem with things that are going on right now? Oh, no, absolutely. Mike, it's all driven by money. I have no issue with that. Like, that's that's the way the world goes <laughs> goes around, right? It's all it's all driven by money. I have no problem with, with the conference realignment. I have no problem if we arrive at, you know, a super conference. I have no issues with the NIL. The, the one thing about the NIL, which I find funny, it's going to happen, Mike, because in a way you're asking people, you're asking kids, college kids who are busy enough, right, at their craft and, and hopefully education, you're asking them to make their own schedules. Like, I am telling you, um, what's going to happen here is you're going to have a kid who's supposed to be at practice 
who is making an appearance at a bar or a car dealership, and it's going to be bad. It's going to be ugly. But no, I have no issues with any of this, Mike. I mean, listen, you and I aren't idiots. All this is driven by money. That's it. No, no, and I hope your daughter makes a ton of it in a Northwestern. But that that's going to be the issue, and that's where I wondered where the coaches fall, fall on this. And that's why I think the smart schools hire the third-party companies to help facilitate. And you, there's got to be a bridge between school and player to not have that appearance. I, 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 I disagree with you. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think a player is going to miss for an appearance. I think that's going to have to be part of these deals, and I think that's going to be put into their head that, okay, you can do this, but it can't interfere with that. I think the best school that's that, that done the best job has been Nebraska. Check out Nebraska's NIL like pages and what they've prepared for players and how they're helping players. They were the ones, they didn't fight it like the NCAA tries to fight everything. They saw it coming and they were proactive. And then when you're proactive and get ahead of the curve a little bit, it, it makes a big difference. But Mikey, hey, listen, Golick's been doing this long enough, okay? Golick would be at every single practice. It would never happen to him because Mike is hand in the dirt. He's old school. He's responsible. He's going to be there. He's going to be 15 minutes fucking early, okay? Maybe a half hour early, but Mikey, yeah, you know there's a kid out there who is totally missing a UCF practice because he's got an appearance at a Cadillac dealership on University Drive somewhere, okay? <laughs> I, I think where it's really going to get crazy is the, the licensing of the school brand. You know, yes, you can make your money off your name and likeness, but when I put on that Notre Dame, Ohio State, whatever jersey, and then I'm affiliated with that, that's where I think it's going to get really crazy because there's going to be some kids signing some deals well, that schools aren't going to want them to be a part of. There's going to have to be a rule. This is where this is where another reason I'm glad it happened in the summer because they need to figure that out. You know, a school can't be Gatorade and a kid go do a Powerade deal. I mean, or, or a school be you know Under Armour and a kid get a Nike deal. That, that those are going to be tough things to do. So that's the stuff I think that that is going to have to get hammered out and that's another reason I think it was good it all happened in the summertime before the season even started because I mean and plus what a great recruiting crew look, look at Nick Saban did to their quarterback you know talking about him making a million bucks before he steps on the field he didn't do that quietly he didn't do that on the sly he did that loud and proud to let everybody know hey come to Alabama man you'll get paid before you even get on the field and, and win championships yeah he might as well have a, a freaking sign on his head saying that Mike is there a Notre Dame player that we could sponsor stupidity like I, I, I want a Notre Dame player sponsored by stupidity can we make that happen <laughs> well if we do we got to get a D lineman because the old linemen have all been taken care of all 17 of them, 13 or 17 of them, um, got sponsored by Mission Barbecue. So they all have a have a deal with them already there. So that's another cool thing is some of these colleges are doing entire positions or like at the U in Miami, the entire team for the, for the MMA gyms and such. So for me, it would have to be some, you know, uh, uh, in the in the in the dirt D line, like even even need. with uh, even with those team deals, and I agree they're smart. But even with those team deals, you have the guys have the ability to go out and, and secure their own deals. I mean, that's category exclusive. I would I would think like the Canes quarterback just did a deal with the Florida Panthers, which is amazing. Yes. Like, you know? yes. So would you be pissed? Stupid I want your you quarterback, were... Mike. I want your quarterback presented by Stupidity. I need you to make that happen. Okay. <laughs> I... 
I can't get the D lineman. Um, uh, listen, get two. You get a D lineman for yourself, okay? And get me a quarterback, okay? Is that fair? So the one thing I wonder, and I wonder how you would have been. It's, it's tough to go back all these years and wonder, but and, and we won't know until it happens. Would you, if, if, if now you were one of the better players, but say there was better players and they were getting deals and you weren't, do you think there's going to be animosity in the in the locker room? One hundred percent. But I think you only have yourself to blame in that spot, Mike. Like, either you're not paying attention to what the school's trying to teach you, you're not paying attention to whatever third party the school's hired to kind of help you out, or you're just not hustling on your own. Like, this requires a little bit of hustle uh, on the kid's part. They got to form relationships, uh, get deals done, hopefully. But I like the idea of having kind of that third party doing that. And yeah, of course there's going to be animosity. How could there not be? I mean, they're human beings. So they're going to see one kid on the team have 15 sponsors making, you know, seven figures, and they don't have a single sponsor. They're making no money. Uh, but that's on them. It's not on the kid who's got the 15 sponsors, right? I, I agree. I agree. We need. Let's get medical marijuana. Let's get that in. Done. How that. do we do that? Yeah. Ha- yeah, I don't know. Notre Dame. We're gonna find a way, <laughs> though. As long as, as long as you know, as, stu- as long as stupidity doesn't test, you know. Why and why does it have to be medical? Stupidity <laughs> doesn't chest. We share. <laughs> no t- testing, sharing. Oh well, then forget the medical. Wait, <laughs> Mike. So, so playing at Notre Dame, I'm wondering. You have the experience here. That question would be better asked of you. Like, do you think there's going to be animosity? There has to be if a kid's not making no, I, as much I, I money. I think as that's somebody. human nature. Yes, I think because, and it won't be so much with the guys. The one thing, and you know this too, Stu, is. You kind of know your place in the locker room. There are times and, and and to a point where you may think you're, you're better than you are, but over time you kind of understand where you are in the locker room. So it won't be the star and the guy who is not going to be a star. It'll be that person right below being a star. You know, that that just that rung down guy, if he's not getting some things and the star is. But will these will will a quarterback share? You know, could a quarterback get a deal and share it with his own line? You know, will that stuff happen? But but to your point, it's human nature, and you're talking college attitude kids. College years, correct me if I'm wrong on this, could be the most selfish years of anybody's men's or women's life. 18 to 22, it is all about you, and that is it. So if you ain't getting yours, you're going to be pissed at somebody because you're going to feel like they're taking yours. It's yeah. going to happen. Yeah, and most people graduate. Like, when they graduate college, they graduate from that, uh, ex- unless you're me. Okay? Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there yeah, are exceptions, a... and, yes. and you are one. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Uh, real quickly, before we get out of here, um, Bobby Bowden was a very good friend, became a very good friend to our show, very good friend uh, to both me and Levitard. Uh, Dan and I felt old because we were talking about Bobby Bowden and realized a lot of kids in our audience have no idea what it is we're talking about. I don't care, Mike. Bobby Bowden is one of the legendary great coaches, not just in college football and any sport. And so I'm wondering, uh, any thoughts, well, well, 91 well, first, years what, old? What, what, what did you like about it? What What was the best thing that you liked about it? So I, there's two ways to coach, Mike. Um, there's there's the Nick Saban way, where it's kind of, hey, I'm the guy. It's 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 dictatorship. What I say, you do right. Um, and then with Bobby Bowden, what I found different about him is players wanted to play for him. Parents wanted their kids to go to him. Players weren't necessarily playing to win. They were playing not to let Bobby Bowden down because they loved him so, so much. And it really felt like, and I applied a lot of this when I was sending my daughter off to college. Hey, I need an extension of my family 
to look over my daughter. And so we chose coaches who are married, who have kids, who are our age. Um, and we chose a great school as well. And I think a lot of parents had such comfort in sending their kids to not just Bobby, but Bobby and Ann Bowden, right? And so right. I just loved his style of coaching, Mike, from this standpoint. The players weren't necessarily playing to win a national championship. They were playing to make Coach Bowden proud. And that means he had earned their respect. And that's what I loved about him. When I, those were, you know, uh, during the 10 years when I first got to ESPN that I was calling games until I stopped when, when my first one, Mike, went to high school and I stopped doing it for a while, I called more than a few FSU games. And the one thing when you when you call a game, you go in there and and you meet face to face with coaches and, and coordinators and the head coach. You know, you're talking football, you're writing stuff down. His were the best, most personable ones because we would go in his office. He had this great big office. We wouldn't sit at this conference table. We'd sit at the couch, you know, the couch and chairs, these big, big plush, plush couches. And we would barely, in all honesty, talk X's and O's. We basically talked about the kids, the players, where they came from, what they were doing, experiences off the field, some on the field. We mix it in. He was he was just like your grandpa sitting there talking about how proud he was of his kids, you know, and, and what they were doing. And he would call them my kids, just, Mike. And you just he, you lost he all would track call them my time. kids. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 And you lost all track of time. You just sat there and, you know, and just before you knew it, you're like, my God, I've been here a long time. Didn't really talk any X's and O's, but so what? You know, that's what the coordinators are for. Uh, and, and it was it was just the best. He was such such a nice man. Such a nice, nice man. man. Yeah, and for me, it proved kind of like at the at the pro level. Hey, you could do it this way. You don't have to yell and scream. It's kind of like Tony Dungy on the pro level, right? right. You don't have to yell right. and scream. Right. This is a different way of doing it. And for me, it's the better way of doing it. It's, Mike, I guess the best way I can articulate it to you I would say, if I had a son that could play college football, I'd send them to that yeah. coach because I know that coach cares about my son. I, I think it's the best, the best um, compliment you can give a coach if you said I'd send my kid to that coach. I think it's one of the best compliments you can give a coach that you would trust your child. He's also the coach, coach I would most want to read me a bedtime story. Uh, Mikey, yeah. hey, do you have anyone like if they're <laughs> with a little draw? Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> like there'd be no one else, right? I'm ending the game with Bobby about it. Uh, Mike, thanks for doing my work for me today. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, that's all right. I'm sure the checks in the mail to me, so I'm, I'll, I'll be expecting that. <laughs> Mikey A hasn't gotten one yet. You'll be no, ready. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Jeez. Yeah. Hey, anytime, Stu. Just call. I'll be there. Not. How's every week sound? <laughs> yeah. Stu Gouts here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold Miller Lite. So, we have... 
always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com stew, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer.